The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today at Church Online. Uh, We're two weeks out, all right? Just two weeks away from Easter. And I know that our world has been turned upside down in the past 18 months. But we will get to have in person Easter services for the first time in two years. Uh, And I would just encourage you, encourage you, if you feel comfortable, only if you do, to come and join us at one of our live worship services on Easter Sunday. In Norman, those will happen at 8.30 and at 10.30. In Oklahoma City, that's going to be at 9.30 and 11.30. Please come join us if you can, if you feel comfortable. There'll be live teaching, live worship, just an incredible day to celebrate who Jesus is and all that he has done for us. And also invite a friend, if you don't mind, Uh, If you're not comfortable, and I get that, many still are not, we will have an online service at 9.30 for you to be able to worship just like you are today. But we are in the Gospel of Luke. We're moving forward through it. Last week, we saw how Jesus, after his baptism, he went home back to Nazareth, and he was initially received very well, but his preaching of grace, a grace that was for all, all people, not just for the Jews that lived in his hometown. His preaching ultimately caused them to want to kill him. And if you didn't listen last week, you're going, what happened? They took him to a cliff. They tried to throw him off, but it was not his time. Now Jesus goes into Capernaum where he will start to really create for himself this beautiful ministry This ministry that loves those who are hurting, that reaches those who are lost, that heals the sick, that causes the blind to see, that allows those who are possessed by demons, which we'll see today, to be freed and delivered from that. Jesus' ministry for really the whole first year is one of just building on top of building on top of building. But that building, it comes because of the authority that Jesus walks in. And we saw that two weeks ago. His authority, his power comes from the Holy Spirit and from the fact that he is God. So as we dive in to Luke chapter 4, let's first see the authority in which Jesus teaches. He has great authority in the way he speaks the truth. Luke chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, so not too far from his hometown, but he's not well known there at this point. And on the Sabbath, he taught the people. Once again, he walks into the synagogue and he is allowed to speak, just like we saw last week. He went into his hometown synagogue, didn't go so well. Now he walks in the synagogue, he's allowed to teach. He is given a scroll, he reads, he starts to explain with authority what is spoken in those words. Verse 32, they were amazed, amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. They had power behind them. I I want you to think for just a moment, okay? let's, Let's pause and just think. I want you to think about the most brilliant person you know. Uh, Literally, the smartest person 
that you come into contact with, if you were to listen to that person speak, let's, let's say just for 20 minutes, there are going to be multiple things as that person is speaking that you go, yeah, oh, wow, okay, oh, I need to write that down. Oh, I need to remember that. But I want you to think about the last time you heard someone speak or something was taught to you that was truly transformational, that caused you to look at the core of who you are. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening right now with Jesus. That's what's happening in the synagogue is they're going, we've heard smart people teach us before. In fact, on a regular basis, different smart people come in and explain to us the truth of Scripture. But there's something different about this guy. He's speaking with such humility, but he's speaking with such wisdom and such power that it causes me to want to reevaluate my life. It makes me think, am I truly in control? Do, do I truly have all the answers? That's how Jesus taught. He taught in such a way, which I believe was enabled completely by the Holy Spirit, that when people listened, they weren't just intrigued in their minds, they were moved at a soul level to want to align their lives with the teaching of Jesus. Let me ask another question. What has the greatest authority in your life? Is there something you can identify that you would say, this is what drives me, this is what causes me to move. Now, there's many different things, and, and I'll list just a few of them. Some of you, if you have a boss, you know, that they, they call, I, I say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, what, what do you need? There's a spouse, good, bad, indifferent, but a spouse that causes you to move, that has authority in your life. There's debt collectors. There's less tangible things like fear and doubt. There's things that we struggle with like addiction, media, the mirror, the reflection that looks back at you. These are things that have authority. There's, these are things that cause you to move. These are things that create in you responses that you're going, I don't know if I even like this, but I, I, I have to do something. I have to respond. There's friends. There's family. All of these things. All of them. They, they cause us to move. They have authority in our life. And what we're seeing here today in this passage is that Jesus shows up on the scene. He's relatively unknown but he shows up and he speaks in a way that they go, oh, that's new, that's fresh, that's powerful, and that makes me consider moving. Think about Jesus' probably most famous sermon, his, the Sermon on the Mount, where he takes the law, the Old Testament law, 
that all of his hearers would have been pretty familiar with. And he says things like this. You have heard it said. You've been taught your whole life to believe this, that murdering is wrong. But I say if you are even angry with someone, that's a sin. You've heard it said that adultery is wrong, but I say if you even look at someone lustfully, that's a sin. Now that is an incredibly, incredibly hard teaching, but it's one that when coupled with the authority that Jesus had, because of the Holy Spirit, when he speaks those words, it causes people to go, ugh, oh, wow, okay, that's new, that's fresh, that's powerful, that guy, he's speaking with authority. Does Jesus have that authority in your life? That's the question I ultimately want to ask today, but we have some more text to get through. And in it, we will see that Jesus has the right. He has the right to have that authority in your life. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verses 33 through 37. This is how Jesus has authority even over the demonic, over spirits that are not of him. Verse 33, in the synagogue, so this is while Jesus was teaching, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice. So the man cried out, okay? The man cried out, but it was actually the demon speaking through him. So you have a demon-possessed person in church. I, I ask you constantly, to place yourself in the narrative, to be a part of the story. So I, I want you to be on the back pew. Jesus is teaching and everyone is astonished. He's maybe gone an hour and people don't even care. Lunch is come and gone, but he's speaking with some great power. And then from somewhere in the middle, this voice screams out, Go away, verse 34. Go away. Can you imagine the, the disruption? It's silence. You can hear a pin drop. Everyone is hanging on the words of Jesus. And then this voice from the middle of the room, go away. What do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth, his human name. Okay, that's important. We'll get to it in just a second. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Is your plan to destroy us, uh, these evil spirits? I know who you are. So these words are coming out of the man, but it is the spirit within him that is speaking. I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Now, if you're kind of a Bible geek like I am, this is one of the first declarations of Jesus being the Son of God. Now, now, God the Father 
did it at his baptism, but you are now in church and someone just says, you're the Messiah, that that's the one, he's the chosen one, he's the promised one, he, he's the one we're looking for, but it's a demon saying it, so no one's gonna necessarily believe it, and Jesus doesn't want that kind of praise. He does not want to be known for what a demon says, but what's happening in the first century if you were to try to cast out a demon, one of the prescribed methods of doing so was to call upon the highest name possible, the most powerful name. And so what this demon is doing is going, I know you're Jesus of Nazareth. I know you are God's son, the chosen one. I know who you are. What do I need to do? Jesus says, be quiet, verse 35. And Jesus said it sternly. Shut your mouth. This is not how I'm going to be revealed to the world. I know I'm the Son of God. I know I'm the Holy One. But I don't need your proof. Be quiet. And then Jesus says, Come out of him. He delivers this poor man of the spirit that has probably controlled him for his entire life. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. I love that Luke adds that. Because you're going, was the guy hurt? No. It was violent. But the, the guy's fine. The demon is out. Verse 36, all the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are? Be quiet, come out of him. I don't know how long Jesus has been teaching for, but all of a sudden now they go, we already thought you were good, but now you're real good. And if Jesus decided to show back up the following week at the synagogue, you want to guess there would be a little bump of attendance. People coming back to see this guest preacher Right in the middle, right in the middle of one of the best sermons I've ever heard, this guy starts flipping out, and he just tells the demon inside of him to be quiet and come out. And all of, the guy's on the floor, but he's fine. And, and then the demon's gone, and he just keeps on teaching. And you know what? That's pretty impressive. The, the way I see it is, is simply this. It's, it's true still today when people see God moving within the church, with outside of the church, when people see God moving, they want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of what God's doing. And that's what's happening here. They, they were so amazed. They were so amazed. But you know what? They ultimately wondered, who is this? Who is this that has such great authority? I was 19 years old, and I was an intern for a youth group, and we were going to camp. And as the intern, I took 30-something students to camp, and I, it was a high school week of camp, and we're out in Pink, Oklahoma, and on Wednesday night, not the big night, Thursday's the big night, but on Wednesday, you know, me, medium-sized night, um, I, I get word that there's a girl, not from our youth group, but a girl that we've kind of all Seen a, a girl that definitely comes from a rough background. There's a girl kind of out in the middle of the camp, 
where you're not really supposed to be, and she's having some kind of an episode. And, and so I get word of this, and like my students are fine, so I just kind of walk out. Honestly, I'm just wanting to see what's going on. And so, so I get out there, and there's probably eight to ten other youth pastors, interns, and, and this girl is just crying, and she's screaming, and she's just throwing a fit. And, and I'm honestly it, just kind of done with the whole situation. But one of the more mature and probably actually responsible leaders, he just, he began to pray. He began to pray for her. And he didn't know what was going on in this girl's life. He wasn't her youth pastor. He just began to pray. And he just, I, I remember hearing this because I, I wasn't there. I wasn't, I wasn't in the moment like he was. And he just began to pray, Jesus, Jesus. I pray the name of Jesus over this young girl. Jesus. And I, I just, I remember him saying that. And this is not a Pentecostal camp, all right? So like even, even what we're doing, it's get, like on the borders of crazy, but just he's praying the name of Jesus. And this girl who is sobbing and crying, honestly, just kind of out of control. I, I remember at that, that moment, he'd been praying for maybe a minute. She stops. She just goes completely silent. She looks up into the trees. There's 100-year-old trees that kind of surround this whole camp. She looks up into the trees, and she says, I see Satan, and he's beautiful. My O-snap meter went from a 1 to a 10. Okay, because I've got a year of Bible college under my belt, and here's what I know. Ezekiel, we talked about this couple weeks ago, Ezekiel tells us that Satan is the most beautiful angel. And this girl doesn't know the Bible. She doesn't have a clue about the Bible. So she doesn't know what Ezekiel says. So what just happened there is she looked up in the trees and she saw Satan. Now, I will tell you, I immediately looked as well, just saw trees. But that girl, after that moment, was completely different. And what that youth pastor prayed over her, which was not eloquent, did not need to be recorded because he just claimed the name of Jesus. What he prayed, he prayed with authority and with power because that's what Jesus has. And we see that here in our text today. That, and you know what? 2,000 years ago, Jesus in a synagogue, we feel great with that. We're like, yeah, that happened. That, that's, I'm telling you, I saw it. And it tripped me out. And I haven't seen it since then, but I saw it. And I think it was real. And that has etched in me the reality that the name of Jesus, just even the name of Jesus, has power and authority. He is not our buddy that sits on our hip and does our bidding. He is the most high God. He has authority over all of our lives. And so as I asked you at the beginning of this message, what moves you? What has authority over your life? If it isn't Jesus, 
if it isn't the most high God, if it isn't the one at whose name Satan must flee, if that's not the one that has authority over your life, I beg you today, I beg you to reevaluate. To look at this story, this narrative, and to place yourself there and go, I would have followed that. The same Jesus is here for you today. The truth that occurred on this day 2,000 years ago is still the truth today. Jesus is the authority of all of heaven and earth. Your life and mine. So, I ask you, what moves you? Is it your spouse? When is the last time that you allowed Jesus to have authority over your marriage? It's his. It's not all on you. It's not all on your spouse. It's his. When is the last time you allowed him to have authority that you claimed the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus over your marriage? What about your job, your career? Ever, I mean, you stake a lot on that, right? When is the last time you said, Jesus, 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 I give you my job, my career. I want you to have authority over this. When's the last time that you did that? When's the last time that you said, I work not for me, but for you, Jesus? My work is Worship. When is the last time you said that? Have you ever said that? Have you ever given him that authority in your life? What about your finances? Hey, I'm not going to say that the math is just going to change. I'm not going to say that everything's going to be different tomorrow. But when is the last time you claimed the name of Jesus over your money? Is it really yours? Or does he have the authority? Is he the one in control? about your fear, about the things that haunt you at night. Maybe tonight you claim the name of Jesus. You claim his authority over that fear. Your doubt, your desperation. Claim the name of Jesus over those things, your addiction. I can't make it without this. Jesus is better. He's bigger. And he has authority over everything and anything that controls your life. What media is telling you, what the mirror is making you think, claim the name of Jesus over those lies. For you are his and you are loved and he is for you your friends and your family, as good or as bad as they may be, it's Jesus. It's Jesus who you were created to walk with and walk for. Jesus has all authority over heaven and earth. 
He is the one I want to walk with, even when in my own arrogance, I think I can walk alone. I want him, and today I implore you, implore you to claim the name of Jesus, to claim his authority over your life and to walk with him. This little town in Galilee was amazed at what happened when Jesus showed up. And I think you too will be amazed if you invite Jesus into your home, into your life, into your happenings. I think you'll be amazed at his power and his authority. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus that we might see your power here on this earth. Speak to us in our areas of need and weakness and allow you, Jesus, to be our authority, to be our power. You are good. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name, that powerful and authoritative name we pray. Amen.